Fighting is a choice. Make yours. I'm into survival. What, what, what's up survivors? Welcome to D180. Come for the horror, stay for a ride. With AJ, John A and Brittany. At the time that this episode drops, Scream will be out, right? And these hoes had Ghostface call my phone. Now where am I in it? And you could have did now, it. See, no, I, get I did it. You never apologize. And Brittany, you look guilty as shit. Your face gives you away every time. It was you? No. Oh, I'm like, well, I'm lost. So what's <laughs> happening? So she just blaming people again. I keep telling you. Okay, so look, here's the thing. Okay, so today's date is, it's March the 2nd, okay? This episode comes out like on the 10th, right? The day after. I hope you have not had it spoiled. I'm just going to tell y'all right now. If you ain't seen this shit, I just know you're going to have it spoiled. So whatever. Um, Johnny texts us out of nowhere talking about some who playing on my phone. So luckily I had the time. So I'm like, hmm, porque? And I guess like it's some promo where you can call somebody as Ghostface. Yes, it's helloghostface.com. Wait, so, that's the actual URL is hello ghostface. They can come up with no, nothing more creative. <laughs> you slammed <laughs> For a meta ass franchise, you telling me it's hello ghostface.com. Listen, all I know is that I got a phone call. I did not answer said phone because, you know, nowadays the phones be showing that it could possibly be spam. So if it says possible spam, I ain't answering the goddamn phone. Well, they left me a voice message. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe it was somebody important. So I proceed to hit up these two to ask them who playing on my phone as i said a few minutes ago so the point is <laughs> she just started wildly accusing people so i'm asking questions because i'm like what the fuck is this then i got pissed because i'm like why the fuck this shit keep happening to you and not me because i would have answered the phone and i would have loved for a ghost face to call me um, so then well, I tag Brittany. Huh, I'm huh, like, Brittany, huh, one second. I'm like, Brittany, get in here. Brittany comes in here. Before Brittany gets in here, John A's like, Brittany did it. Brittany's guilty. I'm like, damn, you just accusing people. Why well, always gotta be guilty? The times I don't be doing shit, it's like, it's Brittany. The times it is me. You ain't even give her a chance. You ain't even tell me what's happening. Like, well, did she even read the message? I'm going down the thing reading and, and liking the shit as I always do. And she's just like, it's Brittany. Motherfucker, I haven't even got to the, the damn voicemail. I'm still on who playing on my phone. Crazy part well, is, source, go ahead. A source did tell me that they tried to call Ashley, but Ashley did not answer the phone. And apparently she is not allowed to give voice messages. So voice message was not allowed to be left for her. Why can't I give voice messages? I don't know, but Ghostface tried to call you and you did not answer. That's some bullshit. Damn, so you ain't pick up on me? No, I mean, she, like, it's facing this bitch. Okay, well, anyway, here's the thing, because she's trying to fucking deflect from the point. <laughs> we talk, so we trying to, like, deduce who it is, like, who the fuck playing on the phone? And I'm like, it's the boyfriend. I'm like, it's Brandon. 
Yes, it is. You are being delusional. Yes, Occam's razor says the most likely answer is always it. And she's like, my source says that it's one of you two. Who the fuck is the source? Because let me tell you one thing about it. (laughs) I don't even be having time to properly post on our socials. You think I got time to set up a ghost call for you? And I love you, but I'm being very fucking honest. Do you think I got time for that? I that's why I think it's Brittany. Let's be like very hours That's why I think it was Brittany. Bitches be in the water. Do you think? That's why I accused Brittany. Did you not see me say Brittany is guilty? Do you what made you think she did it? We told, I keep telling you it is in the first movie. Okay, look, I'm about to drop some dream if just somehow you just have not seen it. First movie, The Boyfriend. Second movie, Boyfriend's Mama. So I told you, watch out. Um, third movie, the brother but i mean like i said it could be one of your little brothers they know you fucking like the movie could i be. asked them too they would have fessed up they ain't fessed up they didn't even know what the hell's going on she was like i got a whole slew of people that know i fuck with Ghostface, but the person it comes down to is is pretty because she guilty she don't even like the movies i like you got shitty when we was talking about that little um drink buddy and the popcorn thing i first of all I bought that shit. It ain't coming till August. And I'm like, what the fuck? I got the drink buddy, though. At least you can fucking buy it. Did you want it? Hell no. I would just, you know, I just oh. like to center myself. So then Brandon told me to call the number back, right? But I was like, I ain't calling the number back. So then I did a whole bunch of Googling and I found out that it was screen promo. I'm sorry. Are you trying to call me? Well, that's not how this works. I call you. If you want me to call you back, you'll need to visit HelloGhostface.com. Put your number in if you have the guts. Who did it? It was Brandon. That's the only thing that makes sense. Why? Because she wants revenge. For what? For what now? Hashtag justice for Brittany. She's trying to exact revenge. If I was going to exact revenge, okay, it'd you know be what? more creative than this. <laughs> we just about to know. Because you know at this point it's going to keep going in a circle. Battle of the bees. Survivors, you tell us who it is. Was it Brandon or was it Brittany? I'm telling but, you right now, it's the boyfriend. But what Justice I can say Brittany. about the promo, though, is that after I thought about it, and I'm like, who the fuck would be calling me? I'm like, this got to be promo, but I ain't signed up for this shit. The number that called me was a New York number. So I'm like, oh, okay, right, they're trying the to get- in New York. Right, so I was like, oh, okay, they're trying to get cute with promo this time. And I was talking to one of my friends about, she was like, you know, movies don't do promo like that no more. Where like, you can do stuff like this. It's nostalgia. No, because I love they do. Some of them do. It just, yeah, that's why I was like, some of them do. It just depends on- what movie it is and if you went to it enough to actually do something with it. But fuck it. You can keep up with us on our socials at D180 Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also comment and say how I didn't do shit to John A and I don't know why she keeps blaming me. But also, for early releases and exclusive content, you can join us on Patreon. All links can be found in the show notes below because it's not Brittany. And I hope that monkey comes and gets you. I damn near want to say justice for Britney because that was foul. But um, continuing March's theme. 
all month we'll be talking about killer trios and this time around we are talking about 2002's panic room this movie is not streaming but unless you got a subscription to a few places it's there but i was shitty it was just somewhere they pulled it so it's gone i know i've seen this years ago like i watched it a lot maybe it was on tnt because for some reason that is really sticking out to me for reasons that i can't figure out so i watched it when i was younger that's all I got. Brittany, I got. can't take you serious because you look like fucking E.T. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot take you serious right now. <laughs> Can you please hold up your finger like you're trying to fall home, please? Which one do I... <laughs> this was a family video rental, y'all. Me and my sister, Adrienne Habel. Um... We would always rent movies. So what we would do is she would uh, like do some errands, go to the gym, go rent a movie, get some dinner. We come home and watching the movie or she would cook. But this time it was Godfathers and I was loving when it was a Godfathers in movie night. So um, we watched this and I loved it. It was like, what, 2002? How old was I? Seven? I don't know. Do the math. No, wait. Ten? Ten. Yeah, ten. My math is off. But anyway, whatever. But yeah, I really liked it. It's just a good thriller. I had never seen this movie. Yeah, I just want y'all to know something. Kristen Stewart just literally grew up and kept the same fucking face. And shit moved and then changed. She still got the ugly ass damn uh, scream. Mm -hmm. All of it stayed the same. Mm -hmm. Like, baby, you, you didn't change. And she just grew into her face. That's all. I mean, I guess she was already in it, but... This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. She didn't have to grow into her ears. They were just there. Park Recommendations. I don't got no movies for, like, for this one. I'm going to pull a bullshit card. <laughs> and I'm going to say 2018's Breaking In. <laughs> we could take that for both of us. Oh, oh, no, Brittany, you remember I See You from 2019? Remember we watched that? I'm gonna look it up. I S E E Y O U. I know you watched that with me and Danielle. I know you did. You don't remember? No, I don't remember. No. That. Did I watch this with y'all? Maybe it was Michelle. It might have been Michelle. Cause I this was I remember watching that. It's so good. It's really good. You would like it a lot. Damn, I thought she was in there. It's okay. Well, survivors, if you have any park recommendations that fit today's ride, let us know on our Twitter or in the DMs. This movie was directed by David Fincher, 
written by David Kopp, who got paid $4 million for this screenplay. He got the idea for this film from an article in the New York Times about safe rooms. And then he also got stuck inside an elevator in his own brownstone. Damn. Okay. That'd be shitty. Me too. Not like he in devil. At least he could get out. Jabura, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it was produced by Gavin Pallone, Judy Hoffland, David Cup, and Sean Chapin. It stars Jodie Foster as Meg Altman, which almost didn't happen. I mean, it was supposed to be her in the first place. Well, but yeah, this is true. Nicole this... Kidman ended up being in it anyway, but... Somehow. Yeah, it was supposed to be Nicole Kidman, but she got injured doing Moulin Rouge. Um, and so her knee injury was, like, fucking her up, so she had to back out. I love that movie. That had nothing to do with this. But, I mean, then the thing about it was Jodie Foster was pregnant during filming of this so it was just like damn it's just yeah like, she found out like five weeks after they started filming they just had to have a baby and then they come back to the shit too they're mm-hmm. like hold on wait pause pause this isn't safe this isn't safe not safe for the baby we'll come oh, back <laughs> and then at that point kristen stewart had grown like three inches so when she used to be shorter than her no she was she's taller. Like taller than her yeah, yeah. So then we have Kristen Stewart as Sarah Altman, and it was originally supposed to be Hayden Panettiere. I know. I I was like, oh, my goodness. Are y'all kidding me? But then also, I mean, I don't know, because it's like homegirl was giving me stale. But then I'm like, would Hayden give too much? But I don't know. I don't know. 2002 Hayden. That's what I'm trying to see in my head. But damn. But then not only that, DeVay Chase was next in line after Hayden Panettiere. But the director, Fincher, found her irritating. I mean, I ain't, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I forgot y'all, y'all really liked her. Who was y'all? <laughs> I don't like him. Oh, Hayden? No, oh, I thought minute, you were girl. talking about DeVay Chase. I was like, I, okay. I don't know her. I mean, I won't say I dislike her. She's just not. Like, of course, I mean, like, okay, of course. Devay, I like her in Lilo and Stitch, obviously, but I'm talking about live action things. I don't need it. Spirited Away, that's fine too. But anything else, Rings, she was just sitting there, or The Ring, she was just sitting there. So, I mean, that was cool. But, I mean, Kirsten was too. Hayden, I just know Hayden would have gave me something. Whatever. Yeah, I love her. Also, DeVay was in that fucking S. Darko movie. We ain't forget, but I know a lot of people don't know about you. So it's okay. Whatever. We have Forrest Whitaker as Burnham. I just want to say that I I felt so bad. Yeah. The whole movie. They did a good job of really fleshing out all the characters, not just the two main ladies in the movie. But I agree. Jared Leto as Junior, who did all of his own stunts. That sounded some Jared Leto shit. Yeah, I watched this um, behind-the-scenes documentary. So they show the whole scene where his like arm sets on fire. He literally was standing there for a good-ass hot minute with his arm just burning before they even called like for the scene. I'm like, damn, he was dedicated. Especially with them damn braids in his head. First of all, okay, look. So in the documentary, 
it was like um, Jared Leto, he deadpan was like, so the thing about it is David Fincher actually braided my hair. And what a lot of people don't know about David Fincher is when he was younger, he spent a lot of time on the islands and learned how to cornrow hair. So he cornrowed my hair. Listen, cause one of my notes was them braids was tight as fuck. Like them was some, them was some good ass braids. But wait, so this question, like when I seen that, I was like, and I know if you know what David Fincher looked like, you just like, what? Are you for real? So I had to do some research. He was trolling. He's lying. I was like, oh good. <laughs> so um. It was an African-American lady. Her name is Candy um, out in L.A. I want to say her shop name is Candy for Hair. It is his hair, but obviously it's that cankalum mixed. But it ain't cankalum. Y'all know what I mean. That was going to bother me because I'm like, is David <laughs> Fincher really out here knowing how to bray like that? No wonder he gave us amazing Amy. He just... <laughs> <laughs> you understand? You just, you just had to. You had to throw Amazing Amy in here. See? Yes. No. That's my that's hero. Minus, minus, minus what she did. It's not okay for it, what she did in the book or the movies when she was framing people. Let's go ahead and disassociate <laughs> that from her right the fuck now. But aside from that, Amazing Amy's my bitch. <laughs> Ain't gonna catch me slipping. Okay, ever. <laughs> and then we have Dwight Yoakam as Raul. First of all, this man is a whole country singer. <laughs> when I seen when I seen the music videos, I was like, Raul, oh my god! Cinematography was done by Conrad Hall and Darius Condi. It was originally just Darius Condi, but he quit after several weeks as a cinematographer to be replaced by Conrad. Bruh, I see why. Because that whole thing was a set. Like, this mm -hmm. whole movie is shot in a townhome besides the opening scene and the ending scene. Shot in a townhome. They shot it in chronological order, which you know, if you know film, you know that rarely ever happens. But it's really a four-story set cut into certain pieces so, like, you can get the elevator scene and things like that. So I get it, because, shit, it was probably stressful. Well, apparently, Fincher was micromanaging and didn't allow Kanji to fully take part in the decision-making process, so... Yeah, like, I definitely recommend watching that documentary linked in the show notes. You can see all this stuff unfold, like... You could tell, you know, like, you could tell how people vibe beef with people by the way they talk to them. You could just tell it was, like, tension in the room for certain points. And not, sometimes it was, like, very light. Sometimes it was, like, no, nah, I'm ready to get this shit over with because we relighting the set over and over again. We got to match it for when different people come in. <sighs> but, I mean, it's David Fincher, y'all. What y'all expect? Edited by James Haygood and Angus Wall. Music by Howard Shore, produced by Columbia Pictures, Hofflin Pallone, and Indelible Pictures, distributed by Sony, and it was released March 29th of 2002. You said Sony, all I heard was PlayStation. All I heard was product placement, because Sony was every fucking where in this movie. They made sure you saw Sony cameras, Sony home recording cameras, Sony TV screens. Sony home systems, like everything. 
Listen, Sony taught Apple what the fuck to do because just like Sony was in this movie, <laughs> Apple is in everything. Okay, Every, you're right. You be you're like, absolutely what, right. What headphones they got on Beats? What computer they got iMac? What laptop they got MacBook Air? Right. What? 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 What watch I, is that? It's an Apple, Apple watch? watch. Special edition. <laughs> it's terrible. It's me. I mean, yeah, because you are sitting there. <laughs> We're all three. Oh, I'm not in this. No, I don't got a Mac. If I got a Mac, I got Beats, I got AirPods, I got an Apple Watch, I got an iPhone. I have a okay. Surface Pro laptop, which has a chokehold on the CW, because Microsoft product placement be all up in CW shows. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't talk, because I'm on an iMac right now. Like, this is sitting here, but my headphones are, are both. Alright, so the post we have Jody laying in the bed and it don't even look like Forrest Whitaker standing behind her. It looks like Michael Myers. I like how she just laying there. <laughs> you know she not sleep. And she just sitting there. You know like when you have sleep paralysis and you just lay there and hope the demon don't see you? That's all this this poster give me. Is you trying to pretend like the sleep paralysis demon ain't trying to stare you down? I just want to know who made the decision to crop the photo like this. Like the two mm -hmm. black bars. I like the poster that has Jared Leto and Forrest Whitaker on it, but at the bottom is uh, Jodie Foster and Kirsten Stewart. I mean, it, this one, I mean, they're really not all that. They're not like things that stand out that you remember. But I mean, at least the villains are in it. But I mean, for the sake of the month, I wish they would have had one that had all three. But I mean, I guess that's giving it away. I don't know. Beautiful gowns. Step in line. Your number is near. Follow the signs. Your time is here. All right. So we are going to play a game where we design a luxury bunker and find out if you will survive the apocalypse or not. All right, first of all, where will your bunker be located? A forest, a mountain, your backyard, a field, a beach. It's secret, duh. It's secret, duh. <laughs> Same. I'm putting mine in my backyard. Why? Because I have a very large backyard. You're not gonna find it. It's many acres. How will you secure it? Eye scan, vault door, secret code, fingerprint detection, voice recognition, military tanks. See, the thing about it, you got to think about all that stuff. Because, like, iris scan, what if something happened to your eyes? Then that's out. Um, voice recognition, you can always lose your voice. Like, you saw what happened in the fly. It didn't recognize his voice. Um, fingerprint detection, apparently burn victims, their fingerprints sometimes burn off. I don't know if that's 100% true, but I heard somebody say that. And I've burnt my right hand twice and my left hand once. So are they there? I don't know. Um, I'm gonna have to go, huh? Go ahead. You can burn your fingerprints off. Oh, okay, um, see. In certain cases, people will, like if they're doing certain things, they have no business, they'll burn them off purposely. So they can't get their fingerprints. 
this is hard because I need something that's secure. And see, like, secret code would be really good because I can really think of some off-the-wall shit that nobody would think of and I could remember. But what if it malfunctions? What if you get amnesia? Right. But I mean, if you get amnesia, you're not going to remember anything. So the military tanks is the only thing that's going to really help you. But then even then, you're taking a chance just pressing all them buttons on inside. Yeah. And I mean, fingerprint detection is, is risky because what if somebody cuts off your finger? Right. And they're just re- using it. So it's- Honestly, the most safest thing is voice recognition because can't nobody steal my voice. They can steal my eyeballs. They can steal my fingerprints. They can steal the code. But, they but can't you can your lose your voice. Somebody can crush your larynx. Well, they can't get in either. I'm going to use the vault door. Yeah. It seems cute. Like a bank type vibe. Rich bitch. I like that it. can be hacked too. I've seen Kaleidoscope. All right. How are you going to enter it? An elevator, a slide, jumping into a ball pit, taking a secret staircase, sliding down a fire pole. I ride an roller coaster obviously. oh my god all of these are so fun first of all slide is fun jumping into a ball pit i feel like that's every kid's dream like i don't know what tv show that was but i know somebody was jumping into a fucking ball pit to get into their car to get out and go fuck shit up but i can't remember what it is right now um sliding down a pole everybody love when the firefighters do that and the strippers <sighs> i need some time come back to me I'm sliding down a fire pole. Why? Because <laughs> I can both get back up that bitch. Oh, you can. Down. You're an instructor. You're right. I'm going the pole. Go you. I don't know. That ball pit kind of tough, though. But see, like, people see a ball pit and people going to be trying to just do dumb shit and they're going to see my shit. So, no. It got to be something kind of discreet. You know what? Fuck it. We up in the park. It's Destination 180, nigga. We taking the roller coaster, obviously. I'm taking the stairs. Choose an amenity. Wine cellar, movie theater, spa, library, gym, billiards room. Give me a library. Oh, Bernice. Oh, that do fit you perfect. No, this some bullshit because that gym and that spa. Why we gotta... But see, I can always do workouts in the sauna. In the spa. And I can just do bodyweight workouts. So, I mean, let's just... Spa me, please. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Give me the wine. Choose another amenity. Bowling alley, greenhouse, cafe, yoga studio, art studio, laser tag course. Give me the greenhouse. Yeah, give me that greenhouse. Because you already know what's up. It's going up, okay? I got to have something for Jose to do. Exactly. Same. (laughs) Um... Yoga studio. Who are you hired to live with you? A personal chef, a teacher, a personal trainer, a doctor, a therapist, Chris Pratt. Not the big boy. <laughs> um, Give me the I'm doctor. a doctor. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, the smartest thing is the doctor because I can cook. I can teach myself. Might not be right, but we started somewhere. I got the workout thing on lock. That's not an issue. Therapist, I can talk to the other 24 people in my head. Chris Pratt, I'm not interested. So, you know, you're going to need a doctor on the payroll. What would your bedroom look like? Modern, canopy, lavish, royal, hammock, Chris Pratt in a sleeping tube. 
Let you know, this is Chris Pratt. That's that movie. It's a movie where he gets um he gets stuck in a sleep thing. Let me look. A sleep deprivation pod. He, he passengers twenty sixteen film. That's what this is mm. about. That's why I keep mentioning him. Mm. Um, I love modern. Like anytime I'd create a room on Sims, it always turned out being that way for myself, my Sims. Um, but I like lavish too. Oh no. You don't want like too much in the way, but you still want it to be cozy. Well, they would beat my ass if I said canopy because <laughs> 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 I can see him getting pissed. Like it's supposed to be somewhere supposed to sleep and you got a fucking canopy. But it looks so pretty. Like that's not functional. I mean, like the the royal kind of has like a, a half frame no, canopy. I, I know you want the I know you want the big. I know you want the grande. I know. I you can't. I know. So I, I don't want to go. See, like, no, because when you close it off, it makes me think of the temptress from Death by Temptation when she was and the blood was splashing everywhere because I it was a vibe I used, to, I used to have a candy over my bed but because you know I had one from Big Lights it was but because that's not really all that it safe, ain't last long at all a, it's not safe in an apocalypse what if it falls down yeah that's place? what I'm thinking too you gotta have something practical right, I'm going lavish like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going modern finally choose that little extra something a dna storage room emergency room a seed storage room communication center art storage room operating room um so between emergency room and communication center because i'm like we down there we need to communicate that's always the problem with the bunkers as we saw in this movie the service be shitty and i mean like i know i got my doctor there and they're gonna need like a place but I mean like I feel like no disrespect we're gonna have to have like a Michael Jackson situation and just have an at home type deal um I'm gonna go with that communication center I have so many questions is there already food there right. I, need my seat. I need the seed storage room but I can also have the operating room. But see, the thing is, I feel like if you picked, I feel like if you picked the greenhouse, that should already be standard. You know what I'm saying? Loopholes. So I'm going to go with the operating room. And that's why I say it with the doctor, but I feel like with the doctor, they should already kind of like. Yeah, because I don't care about DNA storage room. Who the fuck DNA? Yeah, why are you trying to to clone myself? This isn't that damn Netflix movie. I think it was called Mother or some shit like that. Um, I kind of want to go with the seed storage room because the other thing I'll pick was communication center. But the only thing I can think of right now is like Ant-Man, this last Ant-Man movie. And it's like they opened a portal, but that portal also could talk back. So like I got a communication system. I'm trying to be hiring for the world. What if they could tap into my communications and figure out my location? And I don't need that. So I just want the seeds. That is true. I'm going to go with the... um emergency room because it is operating i survived for the first time ever i lived i lived i love that for me how the world get ravaged for y'all mine is lava and tidal waves but at least you'll look stylish while it all goes down fucking right (laughs) 
Well, survivors, let us know what your results were down on our Twitter or in the DMs. It go down. But now um, it is our time. We can get into 2002's Panic Room. 4,200 square feet, four floors. Hardwood floors throughout, as many as six working fireplaces. Oh my God, it's huge. Yes, I don't know if you have living help. No, 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 it's just the two of us. Huh, that's strange. What? Is this room smaller than it should be? You're the first person to notice. No one from our office had the slightest idea. It's called a panic room. What? A safe room. Castle keep in medieval times. Four concrete walls, buried phone line not connected to the house's main line. You have your own ventilation system and a bank of surveillance monitors that covers nearly every corner of the house. What's to keep someone from prying open the door? Steel. Very thick steel. My room. Definitely my room. Tell me about it. trailer i feel like they should have cut it after she dove into the panic room and the door shut i thought it was fucking awesome i thought this trailer was really good because i don't I know i just think it was too long it was long as shit it reminds me of robert rodriguez the way he edits things but um the reason why i like the trailer is because like you know what's happening but you still don't know why it's happening like what's in the fucking room why are they robbing them is they what they want in the room like what's going on here so I thought the little sign was five. They showed you. It's like what we wanted in the room. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is it them? Is it something else? Like, you have no idea. You just know these niggas trying to get up in this room. And y'all is the pretty things behind the door in the panic room. Shit. The movie starts out with opening credits overlaid on the city. And it reminds me of another movie. But I can't put my finger on that I movie. wrote it in my notes. Devil. It reminded me of Devil. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Mm. It took them one year to complete that. That whole opening credits. That's they crazy. T- they had nine months. Right. Okay. Oh, God. 
Meg and her daughter Sarah are touring a potential home to purchase after Meg's divorce from her husband. It's a four-story brownstone in the Upper West Side that has a working elevator and a panic room. The panic room has its own ventilation system, phone line, camera system that covers almost every corner of the house, concrete walls, and a steel door with a full battery backup so it will work even if the power is out. After being shown the panic room, Meg is uneasy about it. She's clearly claustrophobic and claims it's dangerous, but the door has motion detection like an elevator. I knew this shit was going to come in. It was going to have to come into play. When he was like, it's a safety feature. Nothing will happen with the fucking door. He put his hand out. I was like, yeah. Yeah, something got to happen. If you're going to bring up the time to tell me that it's safe, it's not safe. I just want to talk about Lydia, because Lydia, what the fuck? First of all, we late. Dan, I don't like the fucking way she was talking to um, Sarah. Yeah, she, she was... Aren't they like that, though? Or are they making that up? I mean, I don't know, but I feel Realtors? like... If you trying to, like, sell a house and you trying to get somebody to buy it, like... I don't mean... Or, I mean, even working with you, like, I wouldn't want to be around that. Like I said, you're just talking to my kid any type of way. You don't seem to have any type of respect. Like, you just saying anything about the person that used to live here in this house. Like, no type of decorum, no type of professionalism. Are they friends? Because the way she's right. talking, it seemed like they were kind of cool. Cause but no, because like, not calling um, Sarah kid like that can't be. Uh, listen, nah. Like, I know we'll hit, like, as aunties, we'll hit, like, an a little girl. But that's different. Right. That's different. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, I call assorted children child. We know you, but you don't like kids. And that proves the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be like, child, sit your ass down. That proves the point. Because you don't like kids. Rude. It's not rude. So it took Arthur Max and his production design team 15 weeks to construct this four-story brownstone set for $6 million. Can we go rent it? Is it still around? If they like sell it afterwards, like what they do? Well, they- no, it was a set. So like the brownstone itself, the outside, yes, they use that for filming, and people do like to go past and like, oh yeah, there's the house, this is the street, whatever, whatever, whatever. But the inside was like created on a set, and I think they broke it down after. Yeah. The first night in the house, Meg hooks up the house phone and orders pizza. As she's tucking Sarah in, we see that Sarah has a fridge in her room with water, juice, and Meg's meds. Meg has plugged up her cell phone, made up her bed, took a bath, but definitely made sure to keep pillows and blankets in the doorway of the panic room and keep the door open. She tries to figure out the security panel and manages to turn on the cameras, but that's literally all she's able to do before she gives up for the night and goes to sleep. While Meg and Sarah are sleeping, three men break into the house. The plan was only for Burnham and Junior to break into the house to steal the money from the panic room. But Junior roped in Raul. Meg and Sarah being there wasn't a part of the plan either. The house was supposed to still be sitting empty. And at this point, Burnham is ready to back out, but Junior talks him into it. So he tells them to kill the phones. He should have just went with his first mind. He should have just been like, all right, y'all can handle this. I'm going to leave. We know how this would have turned out. It wouldn't have worked out in his favor for leaving, but I still would have just- I like the shot that they give us through the keyhole, but then as Burnham is going around the entire set, you get an entire layout of how things are going to unfold. But then here's the thing, like, he was so serious because when he was on the roof, I'm like, damn, you really like know the layout. But the thing is, like Brittany and I were talking about earlier, the characters are so fleshed out 
that a little later on we find out that Burnham is actually the one who worked on the house. And we find out a few things about a few other people, but I don't know if we got to that part yet. But Meg wakes up to use the bathroom and take some pills and go back to bed, but realize she turned on the light in the panic room before she even went to the bathroom. When she gets up to turn the light off, she sees three men creeping up the stairs. Junior dumbass knocks a basketball down the steps, cementing in Meg's mind that bitch, this is real. So she takes off running to Sarah's room to wake her up and has to splash water in her face to wake her. At this point, the men are trying to corner them, so they jump in the elevator. Sarah then comes up with the bright idea to go hide in the panic room and tells her mom how to emergency stop the elevator to get it to go back upstairs. They escape the elevator and run to the panic room and shut the door just in time. Meanwhile, Burnham disables the system, but unfortunately, Meg is unable to call the cops because she didn't hook up the phone in the panic room. She should have known then when she was trying to, I know that there's a lot of shit going on, but this child ain't waking the fuck up. She pissed me off with that. She took so long to get up and then just like her senses were not tingling at all. What's going on? What's happening, bitch? What'd you do that for? I guess all them damn blankets and pillows in the doorway saved them, I guess. But if it was me, uh, the first thing I would have did was hooked up all the stuff in the panic room. You're going to have a panic room. You might as well set this shit up. Like, I don't think she really wanted it. She was too busy saying that the door is dangerous. Well, that heavy ass door it. just saved your life. I mean, yeah. I mean, at the same time, we got to keep in mind, this is the first night. Like, of course, we're going to say what we would do. But I mean, we seen the girl, she been chugging a whole fucking bottle of wine. I'm surprised she even cracked open the book, to be very honest. I'm surprised she got as far as she did. Because she damn near got through the damn bottle. That is true. But if I'm in a situation, you know I don't drink, so. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty loose. And I'm like, John Nay, you love you a bottle. What if mm -hmm. this was you when you was the divorcee? You'd probably be three down. No. Turns out the perps knew Meg didn't hook up the phone, right? So Burnham's company, Manhattan Security, installed these panic rooms and she would have had to call his company to hook up the panic room phone. Meg decides to talk to the perps over the loudspeaker so they write back to her on paper and this goes nowhere. She wants them out the house, but they want her out the room. That shit was so funny when he was like, she's a woman, she wants safety. I'm like you fucking gendered fuck. No, I like when Raul when the um mirror broke, he's like, that's seven years bad luck. Like Raul is a very complex character because you just see him become like so I don't even know what word to describe it. Like, first of all, it's like who the fuck is Raul? Then we start learning him and you just think like he's the comedian out of the three, which he kind of is, but then it just turns into something else. But Raul told us at one part he was like, You thought you thought you knew something, but he said, You don't know me. Mm -mm. And I was like, <laughs> You sure as fuck did. No. One thing that I thought was interesting, but also kind of like a plot hole a little bit, was yes, Burnham knows the security system and he knows the house quite well. But the thing about it was is like, if you knew the system so well, how come you didn't think that you can talk back to her? through the panel in the room. 
because that's what uh, Meg does later. When they're in the room with her kid, she uses the panel on the wall to talk to them. I didn't notice it. <laughs> I've seen it, but I was like, maybe he just didn't. Because he was still like one foot out the door at this time, so he was trying to get in, but he wasn't really trying to do all that extra shit. Burnham decides to trap them all in the house by sealing all the windows and doors. Meanwhile, Sarah is searching all the crates in the room. I mean, the girl is smart. I know what you work in with, but, you know, mama not here for it. Mama said just shut the fuck up and let her work for a second, because clearly... Yeah, I didn't like that. Another point. Why would you lock the people in? If all you need is to get inside the panic room, I would try to leave them away to get the fuck out. They don't want them to call the cops. If they leave to get out, they don't call the cops. But you could still bank them into getting out. Like if you leave one, if you leave one point of exit, they're gonna go there. So you could just stake that motherfucker out, be off the camera, and then get them, and then they're out. Instead of locking their asses in where they know they can't leave out because you've locked them in. You think they would uh, make a deal like that, though? Like, we'll no. come and we'll wait out here while y'all walk around and then we'll wait and then we'll come back no, and I mean, rob you. I would have made it obvious. No, like, it's setting a trap. I would have made it obvious that this one place, like, these two places are open, but they all lead to the same one place, so I could just wait for them to come out one of these rooms. Because if you know all the shit on the, um, the first floor leads to the balcony in the middle, you just wait from the middle. That way they come out. It is three of them. Mm -hmm. It's only two of them. And this bitch blood sugar finna drop. They don't know that, but still. Right. This motherfucker had to leave. While the other idiots are trying to break through concrete and a steel with a sledgehammer, Vernon figured out his next move. He drills a hole into the ventilation shaft of the panic room to feed a small stream of gas into the room to try to get them to come out. But Junior and Raul didn't care for that small stream of gas that was being let into the room, and Raul decides to open up the stream larger. Meg tries to duct tape the vent shut, but it doesn't work. Sarah is smart, though, and removes a air duct to get a small stream of air to breathe through. Meg finds a lighter, covers them both with fire blankets, sticks her arm into the air duct, and lights the lighter, causing a slight explosion with Junior catching on fire in the process. My whole thing is, like, that's not how that works. It's the opposite. Y'all would have got fucked up if y'all tried to pull that shit in real life. Yeah. But hey, Burnham told him to cut the gas, but they ain't listen. I totally forget that um Junior gets his face burned off. Like I remember like he got pretty fucked up during this whole ordeal, but he was just going through it. But that's damn near what he get though. Sarah tries to flash SOS with a flashlight through the hole to get their neighbor's attention across the courtyard with no luck. Nigga just woke up and closed his curtains. Meanwhile, Raul isn't pleased. He wants more money. This is too much hassle to not be getting a third of the three million in the safe. Now Raul and Junior are arguing and Burnham decides to jump in. This argument caused the whole distraction 
and it's taking place downstairs. So that gives Meg the chance to sneak out of the panic room and get her cell phone from under the bed. But her ass knocks over a lamp in their process, alerting the perps that she left the room. Thankfully, Meg is able to grab the phone and get back in the room just in time. Unfortunately, the concrete is so thick that Meg can't even use her cell phone. Meg has the bright idea to hijack the phone line so that she can hook the phone um, line to the phone that's in the panic room. This sends Burnham into a frenzy and he races to the basement to cut the phone lines because Raul didn't actually cut the line like he was supposed to. He only cut the phone line he saw in the kitchen. But anyway, Meg calls 911. I thought that was Junior. I thought Junior was supposed to cut the line. I don't know. He told somebody to cut the line and whoever he told ain't cut it like they were supposed to. Meg calls 911, but they put her on hold. So she hangs up and calls her ex-husband. His new bitch picks up the phone and she puts her in her place and was only able to let him know that there's three before Burnham smashes everything. I mean, I don't know if I would have called him, but I mean, I get it. But I mean, that's not my situation. But also, don't be playing with me. If I call in the middle of the night, I don't have time to be playing them games. Just pass the phone. You don't know what's happening. You playing and we could be getting cut up as we speak. Also, this is where we find out that Junior is actually Sydney's grandson. I don't know if we talked about Sydney, but Sydney is the previous owner of the townhouse brownstone that Meg and Sarah are now currently living in. So at this point, Sarah lets Meg know that she's dizzy and hungry. Her levels are dropping and she needs sugar. So they try to find food with sugar in the room, but no dice. Meanwhile, Junior Dumbass accidentally lets it be known that there's more money in the safe than he let on when he gets upset over what has transpired so far and ultimately wants to leave. This sparks another argument. As Junior turns to walk out the door, Raul shoots Junior dead. Now guess who shows up at the wrong time? Meg's husband. His ass gets dragged into the house, and as Burnham tries to escape, Raul points the gun at him and coerces him back into the house. I mean, you was holding all that money. You literally told these people, first it was a million, then it's more than that. Then you find out it's all this fucking money, and you just literally giving us a pinch. I understand why he had to get exed out. Now, the lone duo is trying to use her husband to open the door. As they cover the camera, Sarah has a seizure. After the seizure, Meg sees what she thinks is Raul being dragged downstairs. But it's really her husband. So when she opens the door, she thinks her husband is laid out in the bed. But of course, it's Raul. She runs to Sarah's room to get her meds, but ends up knocking shit on the floor yet again. Burnham goes into the room to get the videotapes, but it turns out there are none because Meg ain't set that shit up. And Meg quickly realizes that she was fooled and that Raul was playing possum in the bedroom and her husband is really downstairs. She ends up getting into a tussle with Raul, knocking his gun on his hand, and she tries to get into the panic room. But Burnham ends up shutting the panic room door, accidentally shutting Raul's fingers inside. But in the nick of time, Meg slides the meds into the room. I know that motherfucker finger's dead. His hand is gone. He can never use that motherfucker again. That's steel. Steel. Apparently there was supposed to be a shot or like his fingers just like fell whenever the door opened, but they never did that. Probably looks silly. Yeah. I just can't get over the fact that she pissed me off and this happened a minute ago, but it just still pisses me off that she couldn't reach that phone under the bed. That bitch was like, not dedicated. Yeah, it was just like, you had to, like, really? She it had took, to do, 
all that. She had to do all. You that. had to do all that. Like it was not that far out of reach. Like this, this is what her arm. You, was if doing. anything, you was pushing it even more. Like that was a piss off. That's the difference between extending your damn shoulder out. And but then, then also, like, I have to go back and agree with something John they said earlier. Even if I did not set up the panic room electronically. That bitch would at least be packed out with all the necessities, bitch. Like, I saw all them boxes. We about to go around. We putting food up in there. All of your stuff. We probably need too many refrigerators. And we going to have all your medical stuff and just the standard shit. Like, that at least would have been in there first night, week type shit. So what's kind of also weird, though, is like, there were MREs in there. And right. some MREs have desserts in it. So it's mm -hmm. like, and... We all know, well, I don't know if everyone knows this, but MREs have a, like, they're high calorie. They mm -hmm. also have high sugar. So mm -hmm. she could have easily popped up with one of them damn MREs. Yeah, and, and they were literally right there. It wasn't First like all, they weren't in there. If, if that bitch was fucking Chili Mac, she was good, because that motherfucker always comes with a good-ass dessert in there. Y'all, I'm sorry, bye. Okay, look, I'm sorry, little tangerine, but um, I used to get so shitty when my mom would buy me the banquet TV dinners and not the kid cuisine. Like, you love the kid cuisines? <laughs> they were so good. But, but yeah, MREs always have. That's what pissed me off because I was like, they always. Mm -hmm. It's not a not a sometimes. Like they always got something in it. If anything, good. they should have just had it like completely empty, so you could have just written that whole thing off. Like, oh shit, your store, your shipment was supposed to come tomorrow. Oops, it's tonight. Oh. You're in here, right? But also, I said this to Brandon earlier when I was looking up facts of this movie, and I think this is so disgusting. But since I had to listen to it or read it, I'm gonna pass this information along. So apparently, Kristen Stewart has said that because of that close up during her seizure where her toes were curling she has gotten plenty of fans who say that they like her feet and most of those being male fans which is absolutely disgusting because she was a child when this movie was filmed no comment i'm just shamed by humans every day. right every day we stray farther from the light thank, thank you for that. saying that you took the words right out of your mouth <laughs> Even Maslow came and put his head on my lap at that moment in time. He was like, this is just wild. And you're right, sweetie, it is. The part duo that's left accidentally let Meg know that she got Raul's gun. So now, in order to get Raul's fingers off the damn door, Burnham makes Meg go downstairs in exchange for giving Sarah her shot. I'm just surprised she was able to get them to even do it. Rose yeah. is not playing. I'm glad that Burnham gave her the shot. I mean, because this is like me and Brittany was talking about earlier. Like, they did a really good job of fleshing everybody out. Like, you find out about Junior that he's Sydney's grandson and he wanted to ain't shit kids or grandkids or whoever that um, homegirl Lydia was talking about earlier. Burnham... He got a whole family. He got court cases with child support and shit. So he's just trying to make himself look good. But this is the worst way to go about it. But still, he got <laughs> morals about him. He like, you know, that's somebody's daughter. And I mean, we don't know, like, if he has sons, daughters, or a mix or whatever. But 
at the end of the day, he's a parent too. So he probably thinking like, well, shit, like I said, wasn't nobody supposed to be here. Now you got these people in the equation and he has a conscience about it. I'm not trying to murder them. I just want the money, but shit. And Raul, he don't give a fuck. He don't care. At all. But now that Sarah is okay, Burnham starts working on breaking into the safe. Meanwhile, the police show up at the door. Turns out the husband called the police and Sarah takes her meds and hides them from the other two perps. But Meg is able to convince the cops to leave somehow, some way. She wasn't giving no good answers and I was proud of her. Okay. I watched this scene and then of course y'all know I had to go to my boy CZ's world and he analyzed this scene as well. We don't know that when the cops said, if something is wrong, you need to give a signal, something like blinking your eyes, the camera switches. So we don't see if she actually does it or not. But also when you think about it, when she was in the panic room, she called the police and she also called her husband. When she called her husband, she said there are three men, but the phone cuts off before she gets men out. Like, I don't know how much of it she got out. But, you know, they got all that in the police report. You already got a phone call from them. Then you got the husband calling. The police come up there and you saying ain't nothing wrong. All of this don't add up. So that's why I think they antennas was actually on for once. But then again, it is a white woman in New York in a big ass house. So mm -hmm. I mean, for them, the math wasn't mathing. He already, yeah. if he called the police, he is the type who would say my ex-wife. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. definitely say my ex-wife and so mm -hmm. if they get in the report this is this motherfucker ex-wife ain't no ex-wife gonna sit here and talk about trying to hop on this motherfucker dick right that, her answer is like there are three things i will do that's not no romantic ass phrase ain't no is somebody gonna say that ain't that terrible ass answer right there would have told me bitch you need help i'm going to get reinforcements which is exactly what he did and i was proud of him was right like, he knew someone, right? Something's real squooey around here. So I got more plot holes. So you know the first thing that intruders do is drill every window and exterior shut with screws and all that type of stuff. So when the police arrive, how she gonna open the door without undrilling it? Didn't Junior get out to open it when he got he shot? He unscrewed the door. Like right before he opened it, you heard it go. Rrr, rrr, rrr. He unscrewed it. He but that was, but that the... was on the that was on the basement door though. The cops came on the street level door. It's hot holes. Now that the cops are gone, Burnham continues to break into the safe, and Meg starts to exact her plan. Meg goes around the house, smashing all the cameras, and Raul is like, "But why didn't we think of that?" And honestly, that's a great question. But you know, no, movies got a movie. It pissed me off because Sarah fucked it up. Like, why did you keep looking at the cameras? Stop making shit hot. Just you was already trying to focus on getting your little meds up under you so you can get the syringes out and be trained to go. But then you was fucking up the money because you kept looking at the cameras, and Raul is facing you, like in the corner, looking dead mm -hmm. at you, like. Listen, she ain't that ain't that ain't her skill set. It's not okay. like being serious, taking shit seriously, being ready to go. Like the whole movie, this is her. The whole let me take off my fucking glasses. 
That's all she would do. Still got this thing over you like fucking. You know what Brandon said? Brandon was like, you know, she's looked sick her whole life. She looked sick then and she looks sick now. And I was like, wow. That's not very nice. But it's so true. It's so funny. Cause she always does look like that face look like she wanna go shit. Like she gotta go shit. That's her face. Like she always get held open in this way. That's how she look like. Meg is setting up the house as one big booby trap maze where there's only one way out. Meanwhile, Burnham finally opens the safe and finds $22 million in bonds. There's 22 of them. Mm-hmm. One million each. That's 22 million. I'm so proud you can do math, baby. <laughs> My thing is, if Raul had a got up in there, he really just would have thought that wasn't nothing in there. Dumb Maybe man. that should have happened. But then, no, because then he probably would have went postal and just fucked everybody up just from being frustrated. He already ain't got but one hand. Okay. Poor thing. No, fuck him. You would have thought this was a Mike Flanagan film with the hand horror. Y'all know him. He loves some damn He loves some fucking hand horror. I just cannot. Now that they got the money, the duo leave the panic room with Sarah as a hostage. They make it to the street level where Steven is all broke up but holding them at gunpoint. As Raul threatens to kill Sarah, Meg sneaks out the elevator and knocks Raul over the stairs with a sledgehammer to the face. Burnham takes this as his opportunity to dip. Meanwhile, Raul makes his way up the steps and punts Sarah across the room and knocks Meg out, giving Raul the opportunity to take the sledgehammer and attempt to smash Meg's head in. But Burnham comes back just in time to kill Raul. But this time, when he goes to escape, he gets caught and lets all the bombs fly away in the wind. That pissed me off. I just would have been so shitty watching all that money. Nah, I I said after the movie was done, um, I know that, you know, Burnham got a conscience, but I would just let them die. And I would have taken that $22 million and just dipped. I think it didn't make sense because he could hear the fucking sirens in the background. He got problems. Look, they problem is rich people problems. We poor. Okay. okay. Well, I wouldn't say we poor, but we, we, we ain't $22, $22 million rich. So in comparison, we poor. I... And taking these fucking bonds, let me go find the damn note I had. I said $22 million and I would have killed everyone, including the rats. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no way in fuck I'm gonna come back and save you. Ain't nobody about to ID me. It's fuck you. Fuck all y'all. I'm out. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold you. I do wish he would have went, but I'm like, it It makes sense for his character to have stayed, but bro. But then at least, I guess, because I mean, it, it was smart of him to let the bonds go, though, because if they had it arrested him and it was on him, they probably would have hit him with everything else besides what they finna hit him with anyway. What is it, Matt? Have you not seen John Q? It never works out just because you're trying to save a motherfucker life. You still gonna go to jail. You still gonna get sentenced for what? For the wind? Because you ain't got shit. All you hold <laughs> is a goddamn leaf. <laughs> no, I'm not going to jail for good intentions. And it's not I like think- he couldn't have hid in the backyard either. Because you know, like it was bushes and stuff. He would have got found. Poor thing. Yeah, he probably should have just screamed. Exactly. 
exactly. Fuck them. I I did my part. I get. I mean, you see the the popo came over that fence. He was trying to escape over. Exactly, but if he would have left when he could left, they wouldn't have got him. Well, that's but no. See, that's my other thing. I don't think he would have got far regardless. Like they had that bitch surrounded, and they was probably coming in from a close radius, just moving in. I have faith he would have got any black. You know, they would have been. It's a black man running down the street. Listen, from the other ending that I saw or heard of, I like this ending better. He died, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the other version, he would have died. I just fucking get out. And then... I just don't. Why can't he have gotten away? I understand that it's morally wrong to break in people's houses and shit. Because but... it's a black man winning. Yeah, it just it's problematic to me because in the other movie, when it's a heist, like Thelma and Louise and shit, they died. Um, but any other time, like they get away with their fucking yeah. crimes. I feel like that ending, it definitely would have provided a more bleak ending because, like I said, again, it falls in line with his character because he does go back to save them, kills him, but then gets killed. I just don't like that. Yeah. I I can't have any love for that because he should have just got away. He could have took $22 million, paid off his child support, and went on and lived a merry-ass life. And he wouldn't have had nobody to ID him because the daddy did. If he ain't dead, he's You think so? Close. Yeah, I was like, you think so? He was still breathing? That motherfucker will breathe. You know, they got in here. They, he known around them parts. They about to have him good. Well, unfortunately, we don't find out. Because a few days later, Meg and Sarah are in the park looking for a new, smaller home. And I feel like they just could let this part not even be in the movie. I feel like they should just end it at that last part that I talked about where the screen went to black after that whole like ordeal of people getting caught and shit. We didn't need that scene of them looking in the park for a new home. I was like, why are they looking for a new house? Ain't shit wrong with the brownstone. They don't... <laughs> <laughs> I get what I'm saying. <laughs> the townstone is they no. call it. Yeah, townstone. But like, no, because I mean, I feel it because I mean, now you know that that panic room really do work. Like, honestly, insurance is going to come. Because, I mean, when you buy a house, you have to get insurance on it. Like, they, they don't let you buy without it. So, like, all the damages were covered. Like, you get to fix everything. Um, yeah. You just moved in. So, you could, like, compartmentalize that trauma while you unpacking. And <laughs> one of them boxes. And you could have stayed where the fuck you at. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand why the fuck they trying to move. <sighs> I mean, we could have at least, I don't mind the end scene because, I mean, we see that everybody's okay. Well, I would assume the dad's okay because I don't think they would be that jolly if he did pass. Well, she didn't get no fuck about him anyways. He cheated it. <laughs> cheated it. <laughs> John A., I was editing the Strangers Pray at Night episode and you said fucked it. I was like, what? <laughs> well, I said fucked it. Or- John A. <laughs> said fucked it. I was like... <laughs> Like, clearly, there's no love in this relationship. He was like, they fucked about... them up. I was like... <laughs> they said, put him on the phone, bitch. And I'm like, so clearly, that there's no love lost here. Like, you could have just... He could be dead. The daughter didn't seem to give too much of a fuck anyways. Because, I mean, nobody's a she didn't give a. She didn't care about nothing. She, she didn't said, care about nothing. Her. She said, fuck her and him. So, he could be <laughs> dead. Um, honestly, it was he like was, he's not gonna help. 
Yes, he is. No, he's not. He didn't. He didn't help. Yes, with he shit. is. He couldn't even shoot the damn. He got his car. ass whooped. As soon as he got up in that house, got his ass whooped. Then he had the time to redeem himself. He couldn't shoot in this. Okay, she was no. Look, let me tell you something. Meg was tired of his shit when she got him up in that chair. It was like dying of a mad black woman. It was like that. She was like, lift your arm up. Lift. <laughs> She was tired. She was so pissed. She was pissed off. Oh my god! And then honestly, if that the um the divorce wasn't finalized, because I don't assume it was, because they still got the same last name. Yeah. Um. Well, some might... people keep their last names even after the divorce is finalized. I know Brandon's mom did that. She kept her married name until she got remarried. True, but in this case, I she seemed like the woman that would change her last. Okay. Name. <laughs> and she's talking about going back to college and shit. This woman is going some places. She would have changed the name immediately. So they still married. So if he would have died, all that shit hugs. All of it. Paper, like all of his fortune. Get that shit in paper. Get that in paper. That bitch that, that was beside him trying to ask me, oh, you know what time it is? I'd have been like, you know, this is my house now. We fuck out, bitch. <laughs> like, I promise you. P-A-P-E-R. P-A-P-E-R. Get it in paper, bitch. So, I mean, for her, all this shit she don't been through. And then he didn't care about their daughter. He was like, don't do anything stupid. They're going to kill our daughter. You talking about don't, don't do nothing stupid. Sir. <laughs> you don't care about your life, your wife, your ex-wife's life, your child's life, you, nobody. You talking about you just going to be complacent? That's all? That's all you got in you? He deserved to die. Because he was stupid the whole film. He didn't do shit. He was just an extra. <laughs> he really was. He really did not do shit. Because why would you Why would you pull up with no backup? Yeah, he called the police, but you should have came with him. You heard three mitt. You at least heard mitt. So you could have used contact clues for the rest. Like, hmm. Nothing he did made sense to me. I would have just been like, all right, cool. Damn, um, Steven. He's dead. Bitch had daughter talking about, hold on, daddy. Fuck you, nigga. Bye. First of all, did you? He, he wanted you to die. <laughs> she wanted to die because when she attacked Raul, she didn't attack, she didn't attack him hard enough like I needed her to do. Like, it just, you could have did a little more before you got flung across the room. Poor thing. She did kind Raul of get was, kind of Raul hard. Raul was that bitch out. Raul okay. really primed Asa. Ugh. She said, <laughs> When she fell up against the chimney, I said, damn, I know her back hurt. Everything on her hurt. But then it made me think of Strangers Pray at Night when um, Raul was using the sledgehammer to try to like limp himself over the, before he was trying to end her. But it made me think of when the man in the mask was dragging the um, axe on the pool cement before yeah. they started fighting. Yeah. I was like, damn, Raul said, I'm about to get this fucking money. I don't know who would be taking a sledgehammer to the face like that. No sense either because she primed that nigga with it. She said, He went down there, he would look like he was all broken. In it, I said it was titties on purpose. He really did look broken in it because it was up, the other was down, it was all his angles. And I'm like, This nigga can't be alive. Damn, oh, that happened in Strangers Prayer at night, too. Damn, 
And then this nigga just come crawling up the fucking the stairs, and you're like, what the he fuck? He said, I'm in Jason mode. He said, I am in go mode, bitch. Like, like it's either I'm getting money or you gonna pay me in blood. It's one or the other, and ain't no money, so it's blood. I forgot what movie this was. It's like, who the fuck is this bitch? Michael Myers? Right. That's exactly what the fuck he would do it. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what movie that is, but I know exactly <laughs> what that is. He shouldn't have been okay. Okay. They was on the third floor when he fell over. I promise he was broken in. He was like, Where was it? Okay, spoilers. Spoilers for Halloween ends, but that was like that. That was that. That was a little kid. <laughs> his ass bitch over backwards. He had the best Batman I've ever seen in my life. Um, no, don't disrespect Candace from Final Destination 5. <laughs> that was okay. <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. Bitch, her heels was in front of her like this. <laughs> Oh shit. Why are we like this? We should do like a top five back beans anymore. <laughs> we should. I'm so sorry. I think I'm in one of my manic periods because I don't know why I'm like this. Oh shit. I can't even blame drugs. It's just how I am. I can. Ratings. All right, this movie got a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd, and 76% of Google users like this movie. Are you phoning in your rating? Okay, I'm not even going to bullshit y'all. This movie um, apparently was a key. Um, I think it was just from this conversation that I've been laughing this much, because um, I was not laughing this much in this movie. <laughs> and because... This shit was so funny. The only redeeming thing because it was a long ass movie and I felt bad about what happened to Forrest Whitaker because he didn't he didn't stuff that. Um Max Maslow and I would like to say we're gonna give this film 75. There he is. There we go. 75 tickets. Um, for me, like I said, every time I think about this movie, I think of watching horror movies with my sisters or thrillers in this case. Um, I don't know if I'm pretty sure I've had to have seen it around since then, but watching it this time for the podcast, it was a fun little thrill ride, but, um, it was long. I didn't remember that it was that long and I was like, oh my God, um, but David Fincher and everybody else involved did a really good job just with the story, moving things along for it to be that long. But um, I'm going to give this one 71 tickets. All right. Um, This movie was cool. It was all right. It's not one and done for me. That, well, clearly it's not a one and done because I had to watch it multiple times for my notes. But um, I gave this movie 70 tickets. It was cool. It was cool. Not me being the highest one this time. Not bad. <laughs> I know, but we started off with me low. That's I mean, because you didn't you go off of mood. You right. go off of the mood of like you put like sometimes I do base my rating off of the conversation after because y'all might make me see something different. But you'll be like, I ain't like that bitch sweater. Fifty. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean like, you liking... know what? Sad boy. 38. I don't I mean, be liking half these people's mouths, but that don't keep me from rating the movie higher. But my reason is, be, be, you know, you know, that makes sense. Like, in the plot, I was just like, damn, this is a love story gone wrong. That movie's so fucked up, but in a good way. I just feel so bad. Poor thing. Like, it deserved what I gave it. I see no problems with this. None. Fleshy monkey lasagna. Um, Let's go to the souvenir shop. Thanks for writing. Before you go, take a detour into the souvenir shop. Okay, so my souvenir... You want to go to the water park, right? But you just say, damn, I need something to do with my hair. We got you. Somebody will corn roll your hair like Jared Leto's. I'm sorry. When I went to the Bahamas and I seen those Caucasians getting their hair braided, I was just like. I've been making that face ever since I went on my fresh cruise at 11 years old. Every single time. Every single time. And, and they never. was doing them tight, too. I was like, girl, your hair gonna fall out. You think it's cute now? Just wait. It never loses, like, the shock. I never lose that shock factor. Same thing in Myrtle Beach. You would think that it would be a different story, but no. At the resort that we would go to every single year in Myrtle Beach, the little white girls was getting their hair braided by black women at the pool. And I would just be looking at them like, Why? Why? Fucking slavery. I, I never understand it. Does it not hurt them? Yeah. Is, it pulls their hair out most of the time. They're not used to that. I'm tender-headed as the fuck, and I don't got my hair braided all the time. So I'm like, what are you... Like, you don't be seeing them girls that be trying to do Bantu knots so their hair can be curly and they should be fucked. It'd be crazy. It'd be <laughs> crazy. Like... It'd be looking worse than my head. It'd be looking... Like, I never want to forgive them when they do this shit, especially in movies, when they be throwing white people on fucking locks. Like, Charlie is staring in that damn Fast and Furious movie, and I never forgive Brittany, them. Brittany, please, girl, I made a real with your voice. <laughs> well, you was like, you was like, I got something for y'all, Mississippi. They be letting people come down here and pick cotton. And you was like, well, I was hoping they get whipped. And I cut that whole part out because it's so funny the way you say <laughs> What real is this? I and why crying. I don't have it? I am crying. Well, I try to I try to make them early so I could just post them. But um it's from the Strangers Pray at Night episode. Oh my god, that shit was hilarious. You <laughs> <laughs> say what? You was like, well, I think it will. Get it out, but I just want you to hear your voice because you're so fucking. Serious. And I don't know if you were serious. That's the thing. But you said it so cool, calm, and collected that it just took me out. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> you gonna make me a oh, viral no. ass TikTok audio? Probably so. <laughs> so that was hilarious. Oh my god, I was cracking up yesterday. I was like, damn, I forgot she said that. I want mini fridges. 
Grab that in the park, Carlos. I really have many friends. I can't let this go now. I just want to be free. You gonna carry that around? Fuck yeah. <laughs> can't let it go now. So that's something you get to the friend that don't grab rats. Damn. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's get into these park announcements. That is two out of four for our theme threes company. Join us next week as we are taking a visit down to the pits of hell as we get into 2019's Three from Hell. Uh, yeah, that was it for me. Go ahead, Brie. <laughs> I gotta get my giggles out. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm good. I'm okay. okay. So, y'all. You can follow us on social media at D180 Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And like I said, if you want exclusive content, you can go ahead and join us on Patreon. Where did this accent come from? She crazy. I don't know. I just felt like it was appropriate to end this episode like this. No, I feel like it's appropriate to wrap it around and bring it back to this. It was Brandon. It was not Brandon. It was Brandon. Justice no, for Brittany. Thank you. Survivors, don't forget to let us know who you think because it was him. It was not him. Bye. Malcolm's Razor said it was him. Bye-bye. One of our survivors said it was <laughs>